we can't go this whole pod without you doing your without you doing your Pacino impression at what? some point. No, no, no. If I'm there, <laughs> I won't like it. <laughs> but I will not hesitate. Take your sticky paws off me, you damn dirty They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Cinefleck with your host, Ethan Colburn. Yeah. Um, how's everyone doing today? Uh, I had a weird morning. Paige got stuck in an elevator, and I was trying to figure out who to call. Uh, luckily, there was someone else in the building to push the button from the outside, and that was all fine. But uh, I'm still in a weird mood because of it. I hope she's... Well, I know she's okay, but I hope she's, she's sort of doing okay mentally <laughs> scary stuff um so far i haven't been announcing the next week's episode ahead of time but i think it's probably best if i you know let you guys know what movie's going on so you can watch it and get all prepared and by the time the episode comes out uh you're ready to listen next week's episode i'm super super excited for this is almost famous and i recorded this with a good friend of mine paloma um, so I'll be editing that and getting that out next, next Wednesday. Exactly what t- I, I'm trying to get these all out, uh, on midnight East coast time. So like 9 PM West coast. Um, just, just if you're wondering when to expect the episodes, but, uh, next week we have almost famous with Paloma, which I'm super excited for this week though. I have my brother on to discuss uh, one of his favorite movies, Dead Poet Society. And I'm really excited to have him on. He's like kind of a low-key film buff. He's uh, he's a really smart dude. And it's it, it, I had a really good time recording this. Um, the drink of the week is Mojito. Uh, so I made mojitos for this episode. Um, I'm going to start announcing the drink of the week every Monday. So if you go on my Twitter, my Facebook page, my um my instagram i'll have a picture of the drink and um and my own recipe posted it's either this probably a variation of other recipes online but uh if you want to learn how to make a mojito drink along with us uh please go to my social media pages and check that out but uh without further ado let's get to the episode with Thomas. Thank you all for listening. Welton Academy for Boys, a breeding ground for the future leaders of America, an institution dedicated to achievement, virtue, and conformity, a school whose rigid standards are upheld by every single teacher, except one. Come on, Mr. Overstreet, you twerp. Mr. Anderson, are you a man or an amoeba? Language was developed for one endeavor, and that is to communicate. No, to woo women. Mr. Keating. Some people like to rock. Some people like to roll, but moving in a groove is gonna satisfy my soul. Let's have a party. 
Touchstone Pictures presents Robin Williams as John Keating, teacher. Well, is this a dagger I see before me? Philosopher. I like Byron. I give him a 42, but I can't dance to him. Orator. Oh, Titus, bring your friend hither. And founder of the Dead Poet Society. A bunch of guys sitting around reading poetry. No. Ding. Thank you for playing anyway. Touchstone Pictures presents Robin Williams as John Keating. He was the inspiration that made their lives extraordinary. Dead Poet Society. All right. Thomas! What's up? Thomas! What's up? What's up? It's, it is... Um, I'm so happy to have you on this. Of course, yeah. No worries. On, yes, on the sorry, podcast yes, with Lexi, I was bragging about how I've known her for eight years. Um, and I've known you for your entire life since day one. Since you held me as a baby. So, <laughs> yeah. so game over for everyone. Else. I don't think we can beat this episode. I don't like. I I don't know how we can how we can improve upon this. But um, well, for sure. At least in terms of how long I've known people. Um, Dead Poets Society, Thomas. Oh, we just man. finished Dead Poets Society. Um, we both cried. We are... <laughs> I still have goosebumps from the ending, folks. I'm telling you. I mean, that ending is... When you talk about best endings in a movie, you better bring up that freaking movie. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Um, I I think that we should preface this by saying we're going to spoil everything. Yeah, so everyone that's listening, please go watch the movie. Please go watch the movie. <laughs> Let's just start off with that. Um, everything else, yeah. We, yeah, we, we will spoil everything. Um... Thomas, what what were your like first thoughts? Like like I guess not first thoughts, but like your latest thoughts on everything because I know you've seen this movie. Of course, well, when we first saw it together. Times. Yes, so I've I've seen this a few times. We first saw this together. I'm just gonna start off by saying, Robin Williams is the best, in my opinion, is the best comedic drama actor. Yeah. Of how well. Jim Carrey is another one. He's very good. But, I mean, look at Robin Williams. He can do a movie like Dead Poet Society. And then, I think it was a few years later, he's GD at Aladdin. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. And when he does that movie, the director or producer, whoever wrote the script, didn't give him a script. And the animators fixed everything around it. They just did the animation around him yeah, yeah. doing That's incredible. impressions. Oh, how you doing there? You know, and then you do like shrink the genie or make him really big or really small and talk like this high. And the, the animators would just go with what he went with. So I think whenever you're a director, producer, writer, you hire Robin Williams, you're going to get, you know, you're going to have to deal with his improv because he is by far the best improvisation actor I've ever seen. And yeah. an honorable mention would be Vince Vaughn, but um Alright, let's get back to Dead Post Society. No no, Go you're ahead. fine, you're right, right. <laughs> um before we get too far into Dead Post Society, how are the drinks? Thomas, we made mojitos today. Of course. Um I made you a virgin mojito because you're under twenty one. I'm so <laughs> close yet so far. It's alright. But um how was the mojito? Mint Lime, little sugar. That's all right. A little sparkling water. How, how, how did it go for you? That's all right. I like the mint. I wish the mint was a little stronger, but you know. yeah, we got mint from the garden, by the way. I we, know, but I wanted, I wanted less. Uh, it grows so sparkling fast. in it. 
You want less sparkling. Yeah. All right. But you liked it overall. Yeah, it's very good. Very good. Absolutely. Yeah. Good to hear. Okay. Dead Poet Society. So can I throw one out there before you go? Yes. Okay. Always. Sorry. <laughs> so no, always, always, always. I know there's all these Academy Awards. So I know that it came out in 89 and I know I, this is not my research. I know you're telling me not to do any research, but I knew this already. No, please it tell did. me everything. So yeah. it, it was came out in 89. It lost for Best Picture. It was nominated, but it lost to Driving Miss Daisy, which I'm not mad about. That was a very good movie. Did you like Driving Miss Daisy? I mean, it's okay. I mean, Morgan Freeman does a great job in it. That's a hot take, Thomas. Not a lot of people like Driving Miss Daisy. I think it's an, it's, it's all right. I've, I saw it a very long time ago. I might have to rewatch it, you know, but I think... Do the Right Thing was the same year, right? Yeah, but that wasn't nominated. Do the right thing. That was no. Oh, you're right. That yeah. was not it, the, the ones that were nominated. It was uh, the Fourth of July, the Tom Cruise one, um, the My Left Foot when Daniel Day Lewis he won the Best Actor for that, and yeah. then you had uh, Dead Poets Society, and you gotta watch Field of Dreams. That was the other one. Dude. I can't believe that was nominated for an Oscar. Ethan, you're right. I have not seen Field of Dreams. I don't. I, I don't know if you think this movie's overrated. You gotta but stop hitting the table because it because it it, it uh, picks up on the mic. Because I'm getting excited. Continue. Okay? I know you're getting excited. <laughs> but it's such. I'm telling you, when you talk about best endings, two like all, probably all time favorite endings of a movie. Um. So first of all, um, Dead Poet Society. You came out in '89. You just rattled off all of the best picture nominees from '89, which is very, very impressive. Yeah, well, um, I, don't I remember know I made that. the list, right? It made like... two hundred thirty-five million dollars off a sixteen million dollar budget. Um, what what state would you guess it was filmed in? Oh gosh, I I think it's Massachusetts, but it might it might be. One of those like Maryland or Virginia. Yeah, you'd think it was New England. It 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 was um Delaware that it was filmed. Oh, okay. Delaware, which like I don't. You mean I, where I it was like you... they where they filmed it? Yeah, that was where the school was. They filmed almost entirely on location for this. Okay. From what I can tell, um, so Robin Williams. Yes. Um, so rest, Robin Williams. Rest in peace, by the way. Rest in peace, Robin Williams. Oh my gosh. Um, he's from the Bay. We should know Bay that. Area, Bay Area native. I saw him in San Francisco. Have you seen him in San Francisco? I did. How I was heard this story. I was with my friend. We were we were in middle school and we just took a day trip to Hayden Ashbury and we're on the thing. And he was just walking down and I just saw my wave that he just smiled and it was really it was really a simple interaction, you know. And yeah, he was a really cool guy. And then our cousin knew his. Was it his daughter or his... His daughter. Yeah. His daughter, I think, was around her age. And they and I don't know if they went to the same school or if they sort of yeah. just knew each other through friends of friends. But they were both in San Francisco and around the same age. And yeah. Well, I think you talk about, you know, there's moments in history where you remember where you were when you heard it. I remember when I was when Robin Williams died. I mean, we were in Tahoe. In, I was in, in that house. I was in the Raley's. You were in the Rayleigh's, okay? Yeah, I was, I was in Rayleigh's in South Lake Tahoe, which is weird. I was on, yeah. I was on a deck, just looking at the lake, and I looked at my phone, and I just see like Robin Williams' name everywhere, and I was like, "Oh, he probably did another movie, cool." And I was just like, "He's gone," you know. Yeah. And I just I couldn't believe it because, I mean, his impact. 
No, it's crazy. Yeah, I've heard so many stories of him like walking around San Francisco and everything. That's amazing that you you've seen him. Yeah. And then also, and, and then also, just like I I completely agree with you. He's he's dramatic, but he adds humor. And then and then I think like sadly it it it, it adds a different tinge to this whole movie. The fact that he committed suicide himself. I know. The fact that like it's it's hard for me to watch any Robin Williams. It's movie. sort of it's sort of just adds a darker tinge to this movie because I think in a lot of his jokes um, it's sort of like bipolar like you yeah. see you see his his hyper like hyper enthusiasm and then you sort of see the sadness in his eyes which I think sort of adds this depth like it's yeah. it's not like he's just it's not like he's just going off and having a great time it's like you you you, you do see like a certain depth in his eyes and and well, I think that's I mean, the way through the way he roles. grew up I mean he grew up in you know the Bay Area and you know I mean he just he had all this attention and his energy and it's yeah it's it's sad but the way you know obviously it turned out but um yeah and and get you know the movie that sort of paved the way for him being cast in this one is um good morning Vietnam, Vietnam yeah. which which I, he was originally cast in just because he can be like a shock jock on the radio and whatever. Well, it's the, but it's the improv skills. I mean, that was the it's same the improv. Thing. He he's he's improving all those scenes where he's just like on the radio and he's just like going off and doing these ridiculous impressions and whatnot. That movie is the, uh, is the similarity of Aladdin of just having him kind of just here you go, action and letting him. You know, he's a stallion. You gotta let him go with just whatever. Words that come to his mind, he's gonna say out loud. Completely, completely. You just gotta. He's that actor. You just gotta let go. Um, do you know who was almost cast in this role in Dead Poets Society? Do you know who was almost cast? I, I don't even know if I want to know. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Action star. No, I don't. I don't know. That's I'll give you another hint. No. Um, became an action star late in his career. No. I'll give you another hint. Don't became, give me hints. Don't give me hints. He's the Liam Neeson. Oh, Liam I'm Neeson. Really glad. Okay, with all due respect, I love Liam Neeson, but I'm really glad he was not in that role. I couldn't imagine him because Robin Williams is such a passionate actor. Yeah. In terms of the way he brought together those students as like you know like the first ones here, Carpe Diem, and bringing them to the photos. Yeah. Of the old people, I couldn't imagine Liam Neeson doing that. That's that is my only thing because I think he's great. You know, Schindler's List was a great one he was in. Yeah. I mean, taking that whole thing. I don't know where you are, but if I find you, I will kill you. And all that, you know. <laughs> You're drifting into Pachita. But, I know. I, Thomas, we can't. Because we... I can't do his voice. I can't do Liam Neeson impression, I admit that. But, I don't know where you are. Because he has a but Scottish do, accent almost. <laughs> I will find you. And I will. Uh, that's horrible. Yeah. Um, I can't do it, folks. I'm telling we 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 can't go this whole pod without you doing your without you doing your Pacino impression at what? some point. No, no. <laughs> also, you can't get too close yeah. to the microphone. Oh yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about here? What? What movie? No, not yet. <laughs> we need to we need to talk about the movie. What? <laughs> oh. You know we're sitting here. Talking like a couple regular fellas. You do what I gotta do. I do what I gotta do. If I'm there, <laughs> I won't like it. 
I will not hesitate. Not for a second. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I'll let it go. I just want to do thank that you, a Thank bit. you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thomas loves Heat. We all love Heat. Uh, Heat's an incredible movie. Oh my gosh. Um, By far the most underrated film ever made. I love the way this movie makes poetry like a badass thing. You know what I mean? Like well, it's sort of mean, like what do you mean by badass? Well, I mean like I mean like in most movies like poetry is sort of like the stuffy thing, but what they make to be stuffy is the sort of like old literature and poetry is like I think I think what this movie does so so effectively is it makes poetry so alive. And I think, and I think what uh, I think part of the reason that you connect to this movie, if I'm not mistaken, is that you're a poetry nerd. I kind of like. Po- I mean, I don't know that much about it, but like, I think writing poetry is just what whatever. I don't think poetry should be graded. That's why I see classes for it. Yeah, and I'm not very for that, you know. And I'm, I'm if you want to do that, go ahead. But it, it's just one of those things personally for me. It's not one of those type of things. I mean, I just think poetry is something you want to write. You got to get it out. Poetry is your opinion. And I don't think anyone should take that away from you. Completely. Yeah. Completely. Um, I want to do something with you. Oh, gosh. Okay? Okay. So more Pacino? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> we do need more Pacino at some point. Um, Charlie from the theater... I haven't um, seen Charlie him in a long time. I miss Charlie. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I miss Charlie too. Charlie Charlie is very, very missed right now. Charlie suggested we do a draft. So oh, like a draft of our favorite scenes, which means which means that we can't repeat our favorite scenes. So we're gonna go back and forth and we're gonna draft our top three favorite scenes in this movie. Okay. okay. So so that means like you pick number one, I'll be on the clock, I'll have to pick number two, you pick number three well, you pick your number to you know what i'm saying you know okay. what i'm saying but um yeah so a draft of our favorite scenes in the movie the number one thomas i'm gonna give you the number one pick <laughs> well the ending okay that's what i'm going to find out i know i know it had to be <laughs> you, you it had knew, to, well you kind of knew that on that so you can't it had to be the ending yeah. um we were bawling at the end of this movie dude my what? my goosebumps were like I mean, oh my god, they were coming out. It looked like I had a disease. It was ridiculous. Like, that scene, it just makes you feel everything those people have been through. I mean, whether it's the suicide of Neil, to the acting, to the poetry, to the way he teaches and gets the kids passionate about poetry. And you just feel it all in that ending. That's why I think the ending is one of the best endings in cinematic history. In cinematic history. Yes. Um, I mean, like, I can't really disagree with you. Yeah. We well, were both... Well, we were let's both just say, setting. you think... I think the ending is number one, and you also think. And then you can go with your number two. The ending is unquestionably number one. Um, I'm bummed that you get the ending on your... <laughs> well, you gave your, me your the first team. one. <laughs> Look, you are the guest. You are the guest. All right, well, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with sort of an unconventional number two pick all this okay sort of an unconventional number two pick my unconventional number two pick is the scene where robin williams hands in the book and he's like guys should we go out tonight and then they're like oh we should go out tonight but but like 
will the guys catch us? And then there's like, and then like the music starts playing and they're like, and they're like trying to find the cave, but they're all like sneaking out with their hoods. And, and you're just like, Oh my God. They're like, they're, they're like really like discovering this thing. I think, I think it's so, I think it's so exciting the way like they're, they're discovering like poetry and like, and like this adventure, you really see them like starting to embark on this adventure, yeah. like at that exact point. No, that's a great scene. Like, so my number three pick would be the soccer scene. The soccer scene where they yeah, kick yeah. the ball and they they he passes out lines of just random poetry, whether it's Walt Whitman, Walt Whitman. I can't even say that word. Walt Whitman. Walt Whitman. Oh, tongue, <laughs> tongue twisted, guys. And <laughs> another poet. And that's that is kind of. It's not the start of the beginning, but it that's what makes them more passionate in the scene. And they just kick a ball as hard as they can, and they just say say a line of poetry. I completely agree with you. I was going to go with, um, for the number four pick in best scenes of this movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're best, drafting it? Oh my god. We're drafting the best scenes of this movie. Um, I'm going with the scene where he tears the page out of the book yeah that that that's an awesome scene of just how poetry is your own not just oh it has to be in this rhythm and this word has to rhyme with this word and like you i think what's I mean? funny about that scene is you're starting to like you're starting to you're, you're 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 sort of in the kid's mindset where you're like you're listening to like the words of this like poetry critic who's sort of like Who's sort of like, yeah, you should analyze poetry on the scale, and you're sort of like, oh, like this is sort of how we're gonna analyze poetry this whole movie, and then he's just like, rip it out, and yeah. and I think you as the viewer are sort of put in this other state of mind where you're sort of, you're sort of like, um, you're sort of questioning you the how way you critique everything. You're sort of questioning the way you critique everything. Well, and you I think, think you think as a viewer of like, oh, he's just a basic teacher. Teaching out this textbook, every page, every word, teaching the students. He's like, never mind, rip that out. I'm going to do the same thing. And as in the movie, with his improv skills, he does all the Marlon Brando and all these uh, impressions of the, you know, actors or just random people of the movie. Completely. And he just, as I said before, he just brings the improv, his improv skills into the movie. Um, I, I still want to know your next favorite scene in the movie. Oh, gosh. Well, I kind of mentioned it before. It was the beginning scene of making the people fall in love of Mr. Keating. Of where he brings everyone to these old photos. So like, dude, you've walked by these, you know, a hundred times a day. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, carpe diem, carpe diem. And they're like, what does that mean? What are you talking about? And of course, one of the nerdy kids is like, oh, that's seize the day in Latin. He's like, exactly. So seize the day. And that's what all these guys take the message out of the movie. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, it's like all these photos from 1900, even though this movie is supposed to be taking place in the early, uh, in the late 50s, early 60s. I did not know that. I didn't really know. Well, that. that's what they said. They said it was 1859. And it was like, oh, that's the 100th anniversary. So it'd be 1959. It makes sense that they would, yeah, that kind of makes sense math-wise, yeah. but I, I was not doing the math on that. Well, I mean, it was just kind of like, oh, it's the 100th anniversary. 
we came out in 1859. I'm like, okay, so 100 years, so that'd be nice. You know? I, think I may have picked up at that at some point. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was not. It was definitely not in well. the 80s. I knew that. <laughs> for sure, know? for sure. They did not have good 80s hair. Well, that's why when they made the um, they made the radio and they're dancing, I think that would be another honorable mention of them dancing and they just have the headphones on. Yeah, that's true. That's the, true. I forget the it, song, it, but it no. is some 50s technology. Um, I think I think my number six sort of wrap wrap up our draft okay. of the top favorite scenes. My number six or or the number six pick in this draft would be the desk set scene on where the roof. Where they stand it or where they throw it off the roof. Oh, that's a great one. I, I it's a it's a it's a small moment. It's not the longest scene, yeah. but I just think that's a really, really charming scene between Ethan Hawke and uh what's what's this other guy's name um the actor's name is robert sean leonard so i wish he did more acting because i thought that guy did a great job apparently, i don't know if he quitted apparently he has been acting i i just sort of briefly did some research on his okay. imdb page apparently he has been acting but just not not that much i guess but well, I thought he did a great job in the movie i think he definitely held his own he did a good job i think i think um i think my main problem with it is I like I think that the actor was actually the age of the role he was playing, but he just his face seems like he's like thirty three. That's what every high school movie. I mean, you, you talk about. I know I'm bringing up another movie, but remember the Titans? They have all these like big football guys in the movie. They're like, hey, break it up, break it up. I'm like, dude, you're like thirty five. He's like, oh, I'm a sophomore. You like oh, you like would be you like would be out of the NFL at this. Point. That's what I'm saying. I hate. The way with high school movies, they just pick up random people off the street. Another scene I wanted to bring up. If I don't know if we're switching back and forth still. Um, not, so we're done with the draft. We're just going to do our top three, but well, you're welcome up, to bring I'll, up. I'll bring up one more scene. I apologize. Bonus. <laughs> bonus. Scene. One more scene is when they stand on the desk. Oh, wait, wait. The, um, so that was in the same class that they tear the pages out, right? Yeah, it... I, I, no, okay. that's a different class. That's a different, different class, different class. Then completely it, it shows how they get a different perspective on a look. And, and how and writing it... is so, it's not just looked at one eye or bird's eye view. You can see it as any different direction as you want. Yeah. And, and that's adds... what really opens them up. That's why it's like you start off with, you know, carpe diem. And then he's like, you can look at it as any way, and they explode with the Dead Poet Society. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I love that opening. Like, uh, like I, I, I love that scene too. I love the scene where they stand on the desk, and obviously yeah. that's that's what sort of adds to the final scene as well. Oh, of course. I mean, that's what sort of that's what sort of prefaces and adds depth to the final scene when they're all standing on the desk. Um, can we just briefly talk about the SNL sketch and that is so, about Dead Poet it is Society? So hilarious! I I it's can't so help simple. it. That's why I think it's so funny. I about can't it. help but think about this movie without thinking about that. And sketch. I think Bobby Moynihan, who plays the principal, he does a better job of the guy in the movie, which I think is the most ironic part of it. That is funny. That that yeah yeah yeah. Where he, he's just he like, could do a really good job. He slams the book on the table, is like read and just yells at. The and they're like, and the kid goes, it's like, we tore out all the pages and we turned them into hats. And he draws, and he makes this little, you know, origami paper hat and puts it on his head. It is hilarious to me. So, do you know who the principal was in, in this? 
Oh, I'm blanking on the name right now. Okay, I've seen the principal was movies. Norman Lloyd, and he is still alive, and he is 104 years old. Oh, that that he, just sounds painful. No, but like <laughs> he's so yeah, it does sound painful. Well, what he's other movies so, is he in? Do you know? Or? Okay, so he's he's worked with like Hitchcock yeah. and Judd Apatow. Like so, that's like, a pretty good range, <laughs> like, right? Like so, so like so like that's. I mean, I mean, he he's worked with like everyone in Hollywood, and yeah. he's sort of known as like this guy that's just been like a character actor for like a long, long time, and so he just has this like long history with Hollywood. Like mm-hmm. he has, like he was like tennis partners with Charlie Chaplin. Oh my and, god! And like yeah, his age, he's just going from zero to a hundred. He's like going that, from you know? zero right? to one hundred four. One hundred four. Yeah. Exactly. Well, hopefully he still holds on, right? I mean, no, I know. I, I, I love Norman Lloyd. He interviews incredibly. My favorite actor in this is Ethan Hawke. Well, Ethan Hawke is awesome. I mean, what I think that was that his first real big movie. Yeah, or, definitely. Yeah, definitely. so I thought he was great in that in terms of being the shy kid that won't speak in front of the class till he's the first guy to say, "Oh, captain, my captain." Do you know what I mean? But. But he's also the last person you expect to say it at the beginning of the movie, which makes, exactly. which makes that movie more powerful. That's what I'm saying. They, he builds the bravery. Mr. Keating, Robin Williams, who acts as Mr. Keating, builds the bra- bravery of uh, Todd Anderson, which is Ethan Hawke in the movie. Completely. And I don't know. Besides Before Sunrise, I don't know what the other big 90s movies he was in. But I know, obviously, in 2001... Training Day was just awesome to me. Training Day, I mean, is it is like above and beyond. Like, I mean that that's an amazing performance. My favorite of his is Before Sun. Have you seen Before Sunrise yet? You know, I, I'm just gonna say this. It's been. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Last time I saw it was 2012, maybe 13. Okay, so, so I, you were like a child. Yeah, it's one of those movies that. <laughs> some movies for me, it's like I kind of have to see it again. You gotta return so, to that one. You yeah, gotta I gotta return, return to that. To that. that. That's, that's, that's I haven't one of those seen movies. Good Will Hunting since I was quite young as well, so well, maybe we'll watch both of those if together. If you want to watch that whenever, because that is one of my favorite movies. And I'm, I know, I when know. When you say one of my favorite movies, you're like, oh, that's so general. That is in my top five. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, I would love to rewatch that with you. Um, Anytime. Just tell me we're going to watch it, and I'll be there. <laughs> it's one of those movies for me. So where would you rank this in your all-time, in 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 your all-time oh, list of movies? Oh, it's society, man. Um, maybe like thirteen, like in the teens or twelve, something like so that. So very, very high up. There very high. Me. I definitely recommend this movie, and people that probably listen to this have you know already watched this movie. Um, I've, I've sort of found that like every time I watch this movie, I, I really, really enjoy a lot of parts of it. There's a, there, there's a few dips in it that are difficult for well, me. Well, I know we agreed on like the cheerleader girl, like girl in that movie. Yeah. Where it's like, she's dating, you know, the football star on the team, but then the nerdy guy who's in love with her, you know, brings flowers to her, writes a poem about her. And it's like, okay, she goes to the play with him. They, like, hold hands, and that's it. That's all we know. Do you know what I mean? And it's No, just, totally. Well, so that, like, okay, so that whole plot line, like, so the guy... Well, we sort agreed of, on that. That's what I know. We, yeah. we do agree on this. So the guy sees the girl. He 
gets drunk at some party and um, he finds that she's asleep next to him. Yeah, that scene does not end well. And age well. He he starts to like kiss her face and no, she's he, well, asleep. No, he kisses her, her forehead and that wakes her up and I'm like, whoa, that's, you, you know, you could shake her and not, I don't mean shake her, but kind of like, hey, are you okay? You know? Yeah. So, uh, but we're supposed to sort of side with him in this scene, the way it's directed, we're supposed to side with him and the boyfriend's like, hey, what are you doing with my girl? But I'm like, yeah. actually like, that's exactly what the boyfriend should be doing. Yeah. Some guys kissing up on your girl's face. Like, yeah. that's... I w- that's I, like, if I had a girlfriend, I would have beaten the crap out of her. That's exactly, so, like... That's, that's exactly what he that should... That's exactly what he should be doing in this case. Absolutely, like, yeah. Um, and then she's trying to be like, No, no, like, it's okay that I was asleep and this dude was trying to make out with me. I'm like, what? It's <laughs> it like, doesn't make any sense. It does not age well. Um... Um... And then also, like, him coming into the school and just being like, I love you, I love you. I think the whole, that, that whole plot line we're supposed to sort of, we're supposed to sort of look at as, like, he is a kid, he has sort of, like, misguided love. But the whole, but the whole movie I just kept thinking, like, this is just, it's a little too creepy, it's slightly too creepy. I absolutely think that. Slightly too creepy to sympathize with. I think they're trying to make the poetry that it's so romantic. I think the movie is trying to just be like, oh, poetry is so romantic. Yeah. Um, I've, I've sort of found that like every time I watch this movie, I, I really, really enjoy a lot of parts of it. Like I mentioned, I really enjoy the beginning and yeah. I really enjoy the end. And then I sort of find that it drags a little bit in the middle. Like the dad from the 70s show. I, I know. Think... Kurt was Smith. He's a great actor. And I think he is does he a great a job great of it. great actor? Well, I think, I think he does a great job because it's just, he's so forced to be the strict dad. Because with this that 70s show, he gets the freedom of being the strict dad, but calling Eric Foreman, who's his son, you know, dumbass and all this stuff. So that's why in this movie, he's just like, oh, like, don't do acting. He just, the lines they give him just suck. That's why I think he doesn't do such a good job in that role. Yes. To be completely fair... Um, I completely agree with you. The part is written to be entirely like one dimensional. Like it's, that's what that's why I think. It's, yeah. Um, it's not it's not very interesting. I do think that like a good good actor could have like drawn something out of that part, and I think that like it's just it's like okay, this dad just sucks. Like I get the point. Like I don't want to spend any more time on. Well, this. yeah, it's just more of him. Just like you gotta be what is it, a doctor, go to Harvard, you know, basic stuff, and that's why I feel bad for it because it's like Kurtwood Smith is a great actor. I've seen him in other performances. Have you seen him in anything besides that '70s show though? Like I understand how he can be like a good sitcom dad, but I don't really. See no, him I've, being I've good... seen him in other roles, and right now I'm just blanking on it, which is yeah. really unfortunate. But no, it's okay. Um, no, he he is a, he is a great actor. It's just one of those things where I think the writing for that character is is just very one dimensional. I think the writing in general is great for that movie, but no, I for him it's just it's it's like oh like. You can't act. You have to be a doctor and go to Harvard. It's just like, oh, okay, that's the point. You know, we all know that. Yeah, for sure. No, no, I mean, I I completely agree with you on that. I, I just sort of like, you know, 
I I think that while I may be like a pretty good actor, I think that like I think that that part could have either been more well written or more well acted. But um, anything else that you want to add about the movie? I mean, honestly, I can I can add anything about that movie. I think it's um, I think yeah, I I understand with with your point of the middle how it kind of drags, but I think that's what builds up for the end. But you know, I think it's it's a great obviously it's a great movie, and I think you know it's definitely a different perspective of how they they taught. You know, you talk about um Josh Charles, who's the character that's kind of the the naughty boy in the movie. Yeah, he's yeah. getting, you know, spanked. He's like, who was in Dead Poet Society? I think that like, was the one, other two, guy. Three. Like, I think, I, I, I thought that Josh Charles was the guy that was chasing after, like, the cheerleader. Well, I don't, you, you were saying, in even during the movie, you were saying they look alike. They look exactly the same. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Yeah. It drives me crazy, especially during this whole movie. It's just like, I, yeah. I cannot tell them apart. Why? Well, I, I mean, I can't either. I don't. The only ones I know is Ethan Hawke and Robin Williams. So, Ethan Hawke and Robin Williams are entirely distinctive. Well, that's what I'm saying. Those are the only two I really do in that movie. So, completely, completely. <laughs> you, you, you win that. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Are there any other? Are, are are there any other actors or anything you want to talk about with this movie? I, I um. I just have some hesitations with it, just to call well, it like yeah, what, call what it like have? a ten out of ten. I th- I think I've talked through this, but just just the sort of love story and yeah, the, the love son- story is freaking weird. And, I don't understand. And then also sort of the father son sub subplot seems so it's overbearing. So yeah, it's so basic. It's to so me, overbearing yeah. that it's like I I have trouble like accepting it and like getting into it emotionally. I think that the I think that the emotional core of this movie is the teacher and what's well, the teacher um, and the, the passion yeah the that's, that's what it's so that, that that's the emotional core of the movie and this movie is two hours and ten minutes and does not have to be that long yeah because I, I think i think they get distracted with oh like what are the students doing in their lives and i think this would have been good as like a director's cut i they yeah. probably could have done like a theatrical cut that was just more focused and on like i I, th- I think that is like a cool moment in school Anyways, um, anything else you want to add before we wrap things up here, Thomas? I mean, not really. I kind of got everything out that I really wanted to of the movie, you know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Well, Thomas, like, it's been, it's been, like, really nice having you on. Uh, well, I hope it's been okay, you know? <laughs> no, I mean, like, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, of um, course. And, uh... Let's do it for another movie if you're We'll definitely that. do it for yeah. another movie. Yeah, for sure, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, Thomas, uh, I think, so for the last podcast, I had Lexi sign off by saying, I'll drink your milkshake in her best Daniel Day-Lewis accent, but I would like you to do any movie line you'd like in whatever voice you'd like. So I want to hear whatever movie line comes to your mind. What? Um, Damn. Milk. I'll drink your milkshake. <laughs> That'll be me. Yeah. Obviously. So, whatever impression you want. Right. You know, my mama always said, life is like a box of chocolates. Huh. You never know what you're gonna get. 
<laughs> Thank you so much, Thomas. No problem. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cineflag, and I will see you next week.